one undefeated team in the NHL. That is the biggest Golden Knights. The Ducks shocking Boston yesterday. Leo Carlson with two points here. Four threes. The final in overtime. Mason McTavish with the overtime heroics here. Future captain of the Anaheim Ducks. And the Pittsburgh Penguins blanking the Colorado Avalanche. Tristan Jari, 31 save performance. 4 nothing is the final score. And the 15-game road winning streak of the Colorado Avalanche is over. That goes back to March the fourth. We're going to talk about a few different things over the course of today's broadcast. We'll talk about a couple of players we have a lot of question marks about right now. Young players, one of whom has now been scratched five games in a row. If you haven't been paying attention to the Philadelphia Flyers, you might want to have a peek. One, they're playing pretty good. Uh, and two, Morgan Frost has not played in checks notes five games now. Flyers rout the Minnesota Wild yesterday. 6-2 is the final score. And he's playing, but is he playing enough is the question. Cole Perfetti, uh, only just over 10 minutes yesterday as the uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, win last night 4-1. But 10 minutes and 40 seconds, two shifts in the third for Cole Perfetti. But the big story right now is, well, maybe you can make the argument that the, uh, the Shane Pinto story is still the big one. But bracket that for a second. Boot off the ice in Alberta. Both teams who are now limping into the Heritage Classic on Sunday boot off the ice yesterday. The Oilers lose 3 nothing to the Rangers. The Flames lose by the same score to the St. Louis Blues. And the guy everyone goes to now for the quotes around the Calgary Flames, Nikita Zadorov. Here he is after last night's loss. Just want to apologize to our fans. Playing like right now, so it's tough to watch. Is there, is there a sense of panic right now in that room? Like, how are you guys dealing with this? No, there's no panic. I mean, we we all grow up managing here, you know? It's our, it's our life, it's our job. So only one path out of it, it's together. The other day you mentioned you brought up individual versus team play. Have you seen that change a little bit, or was it more of the same? I mean, that's not what I brought up individually against the team. I said, we have to play as the team. I didn't call anybody out or I didn't call anybody selfish on our team. There's 23 guys in here. They all have their heart on the table and they all play their heads off. It just doesn't go our way. So I think we just uh, got to stick to it, work hard. I think the hard work for sure is going to pay off. Are you just sick of it not going your way? Like- well, I mean, everybody's sick of losing for sure, yeah. I don't want to lose four in a row, you know. It's still early in the season. There's still, we can fix that stuff. You know, I believe in this team. I think we have a really good team, really good skill players. So I think we can get get out of it. Just honestly, just uh, embarrassing in front of our fans tonight for sure. Okay, so starting with the apology, uh, you know things are not going well when a player has to apologize to the fans for the performance. Uh, with that, we'll bring in Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night uh, in Canada. And uh, you're in Edmonton right now, and Edmonton has their own woes. And we'll get there in a couple of seconds, Elliot. But uh, the Calgary Flames last night um, lose 3 nothing. Actually, there's a lot of symmetry between the, the Oilers game and the Flames game. They both lose by the same score, 3 nothing, And both teams lose to the other team's backup goalie. Quick sticks mm-hmm. it to the Oilers. And Hofer sticks it to the Calgary Flames. You heard Nikita Zadorov yeah. uh, apologizing to the fans for their performance, uh, playing like bleep right now, and also maintaining that he never called anyone out the other day. 
Okay. Uh, your thoughts on the Calgary Flames last night, and we're going to get into both teams ahead of the Heritage Classic on Sunday, but your thoughts on the game and your thoughts on the comments by Zadorov afterwards. Well, the thing about Zadorov is he, you know, he's going to soon get the Bobby Holik New York Ranger treatment. Bobby, we need you to start being less honest um, because, you know, <laughs> you, you, you can't, uh, I, it's, it, even if he's right, and he is right, um, yeah. and I will never criticize a, a hockey player for saying what they think because we all say, oh, they're, they don't say what they think, and then we can't criticize them for actually doing it. Um, you know, I, I, I could see, you know, even him in the Flames saying he can't, even if he's right, he can't constantly be saying this stuff, or the same person can't constantly be saying this stuff. Um, look, they're going through a really tough time right now. They're, there's no question. They're really struggling. Um, I'm sure that Zadorov uh, was was asked to uh, look. Like that guy says what's on his mind. Um, I, I, I don't think anybody externally had a problem with what he said the other day about Sutter, and, and he's right. Like, you know, he he, he absolutely is 100 percent right. Like last year's team. Um, there wasn't great coexistence between the players and the coach. And so they took that yep. excuse away and he's right about that. And I'm, but I'm sure that some people just internally just didn't like him saying it, which is why he's backing away. But, you know, I, 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 I mm-hmm. think now, I mean, you take a look at it, like Huberto is really struggling. Um, and, you know, I think that you can, um, you know, Kadri obviously hasn't been great either. Lindholm, um, there's a lot of people that you're counting on to score goals and lead your offense who aren't playing very well. And the thing that concerns me, particularly in Huberto's case, was I understand that last year was a year of shock, and you yeah. and sometimes it takes time to adjust to what he went through. But it's year two now, and you know, like you have to, um, you know, you ha- there comes a time where the shock or craziness of a situation. You can't, it can't be the issue anymore. You have to adapt to your new scenario. And he is very clearly having difficulty adapting mm. to his new scenario. Like Jeff, he's just, you know, I, he's I'm just not a factor out there right now. And that's a big problem when he's your highest paid pe- player and your offensive generator. Well, and he, and here's a couple of more things that we can we can mention with the Calgary Flames. And you're right, like Huberto, last year, okay, Mulligan season, we get it. Um, this year, it's starting off, and it's and it's more of the same. The thing that that could make things even worse, and this is where I'm really curious because you were reporting last Saturday on Noah Hannafin and contract negotiations. We've talked about you know Michael Backlund signing and whether there'd be a, a cascading effect for other pending free agents on that team, whether it's Lindholm, whether it's Tanev, or the aforementioned Hannafin. Do you think this situation? changes anything about how these players feel about re-signing with the Calgary Flames or is it too early to make that judgment? I, I, well, look, I think it's a great question, Jeff. Like, I, I think the Hannafin one is going to get done. Um, I, I believe that sometimes I wonder, and I don't know this for sure, Jeff, but I sometimes I wonder if these negotiations and his are pretty far along are slowed down or paused when a team is playing like this. 
Like I've had managers tell me they don't always like announcing extensions when the team is not going well. And my counter to that was, well, you know, maybe it's good news. Like, you know, if you extend Hannafin after the way last year ended, it's good for your team. And he just said, no, it's, it's not good when things are not going well. So <laughs> I don't know if the Flames subscribe to that, but, you know, we'll find out. Yeah. But, you know, I do think, Jeff, like, you know, they still have some other players. One's Adorov, one's Tanov, one's Lindholm, and that's a yep. big one. You know, like, like if I was in charge of a team, I would, you know, look, like, Backlund was important. He's been a flame. For, he's going to be a flame for almost 20 years. I get it. Yeah. Hannafin is, 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 is a 26, soon to be 27 year old defenseman who is on your number one pair. Like, I get that. Those players are hard to replace. Now, Lindholm's the interesting one. Uh, but, like, I do wonder if the Flames are going to look at this and say, you know what? We're stopping here. We're, we've, like, at some point in time, you have to look at this and say, if this doesn't get better or we don't get back on the tracks, we've got to change our mix. And the best way to change your mix is not to extend, extend people and create cap space. Right. And you know what? I'll tell you what. Making things, again, they got to throw logs on the fire here. Making things worse for the Calgary Flames last night. Well, that was a pretty good performance by Jacob Markstrom. Like right now when you're struggling, yeah. like when you get good performances he from battled. your netminder, you, you can't afford you, yeah, 100% he did. 100% he battled yesterday. Um, Edmonton Oilers. So uh, you're in Edmonton for the, for the Heritage Classic. Um, yesterday was, listen, both Alberta teams got booed off the ice. Both Alberta yeah. teams heard it from their fans. Uh, yeah. And both teams lost to backup netminders, as I mentioned as well. Uh, yeah. 29 saves for quick. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere with another goal, maybe switching sides and more power play time, really uh, working for Alexi Lafreniere. Um, Oilers have now lost four games in a row. And maybe the biggest story through all of this right now is, I never thought I'd say this with this edition of the Edmonton Oilers, they're having a hard time scoring Elliott. Only 17 goals so far in seven games. Like, this isn't San Jose Shark territory. Like, that's next level. Only eight goals in seven games. We can get to the Sharks here if we have time. But only 17 goals in seven games for the Edmonton Oilers. What is given there? So, Jeff, my new nickname for Commonwealth Stadium here in Edmonton, which is hosting the outdoor game, the Heritage Classic, on Sunday, is the Cauldron of Anger. Because both of these fan bases (laughs) are going to be arriving in terrible moods. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah, like it's... it's... You know what? You, You know what, Elliot? I don't think, though, considering how, I mean... How first of all, it's the Battle of Alberta. Two organizations don't get along, don't like each other. We've seen it erupt at various times. Both teams are, are limping in, and everyone's hearing doubts about their game. The team's being questioned. The players are being questioned as well. You know, we once saw an Edmonton-Montreal game there, um, outdoor game, in frigid, frigid climate. Like, some people still talking about, like, it was the coldest day I was ever part of, etc., and that was a game that you'll recall where the Montreal Canadiens and the Edmonton Oilers, it was so cold that they both agreed not to hit one another. 
mm-hmm. that they had an agreement before the game. And it's a regular season game. Like this isn't a, an exhibition game. A regular season yeah. game where both teams agreed there's going to be nothing physical in this game tonight. I don't think that's going to be true. Well, the temperature is going to be different. I don't think that's going to be true heading into to Sunday. Both these teams are in miserable, miserable moods right now. Oh yeah. Now I, you know I came. I was here, and we recorded the podcast last night, so I was only able to come for the third period of Oilers Rangers. But, um, you know, first of all, the building was really flat, and I'm not blaming the fans. They were yeah. losing, and, you know, you're not – I, I, like, if, if you've seen this building here in Edmonton. Um, you know, it, it it's alive. Like, when things are going oh, yeah. well, it's really alive, and it was just – like, it was like – uh, it was like it was like a funeral was being held here last night. It was just so quiet. Um, and yeah. the thing that surprised me is, you know, Edmonton. I saw watching the game. <laughs> excuse me, on television for a couple awesome. seconds, that they had some chances in the second period and quick, you know, covered up for the Rangers' mistakes. But in the third period, there was never a point in that game where I thought the Rangers were really in trouble. And that's one thing you, you never thought you would say about the Oilers is that even with McDavid out of the lineup, there's enough talent there, Jeff, that you would look at it and you would say the Rangers would be under siege in the third period of a 3 nothing game. And, you know, like we all know how great McDavid is, but it's just, it's been weird to me. It was weird to me last night to just watch, like, how, because they still, they lost to Minnesota the other night, but they still scored, what, four times? Like, just last night, yeah. they just, they didn't have the pushback. I, you know, Jay Woodcroft said after the game that they they haven't counted out McDavid for Sunday, and they still have a couple of days here. I'm really mm. curious about this one. Um, you know, I like look like I, I'm a I'm a Rogers employee. We're broadcasting the game. I want McDavid to play, but I just think about how it's he's got. It looks like he's got some sort of like abdominal or oblique or hip or groin thing. It's it's not going to be the most ideal conditions. Like you know, just the the my heart wants him in the game for the obvious entertainment reasons. My head says. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want him out there in the elements. Like, it, it doesn't – I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. So – but, you know, they, they need him right now. And he, the one thing you know too, Jeff, is you know he's watching this. And he's like, F this. Give me Bernie. my jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost sounds as if – I mean, the way you're talking here, Elliot, it sounds as if, like, are we getting into this is a must-win game territory? Like, I know it's a big game, but we're still in October. Like, are we there already with Edmonton? I know they need to turn this thing around. I know expectations are lofty and and high for the Edmonton Oilers this year. But are we already at must-win territory for Edmonton? Well, I, I'd say this. As you know me, I'm not a panic guy. I don't like people who panic right away. The one thing I remember, though, is you know I have my November 1st stat. If you are four or yeah. more points out, 
of the playoffs on November 1st. And this goes back now. I have to double check. I think I've kept it since, actually, I think I've kept it pretty much since 06. But I'll have to double check it. If you're four or more points out on November 1st, you basically have a 15, 1-5% chance of making the playoffs. That's what the loser mm. point has done. That like 15% of the teams that are four or more out November 1st make the playoffs. And, the, and, the, and I think the record holder is seven. It was seven out. So, like, that's, you know, like... Was that it, St. It Louis? Says, I, th- it, I think it was Calgary, actually. It was one of the original Daryl okay. Sutter Calgary teams. But, like, you know, that's what you're dealing with now. Now, you would look at that and you would say with a healthy McDavid, Edmonton can figure that out, but you don't want to be in that hole. You don't. Um, okay, a couple of more things here. In Ottawa, the big story is, of course, the Shane Pinto situation. Last night, uh, there was a hockey game um, in Long Island um, where the Islanders play and the Islanders won and the Ottawa Senators fired 47 shots on a guy that's fine stopping uh, as many shots. Uh, yeah, they got Sorokin. And that's Ilya Sorokin. Sorokin was just phenomenal again last night. It's, it's, it's almost like you can't even be surprised anymore. You know, I was talking to someone the other day. We're watching the Islanders game, and Sorokin's just making ridiculous save after ridiculous save. And it's like it doesn't even register anymore. It's just like, okay, like that, that's just become routine uh, for Sorokin. Um, there was the unfortunate Brandstrom uh, situation with the hit by Cal Clutterbuck uh, along the boards and the stretcher, and obviously nobody likes to see that. Um, thankfully, it looks like he's going to be okay, but real scary moment in that game yesterday. But now the Ottawa Senators have lost three games in a row, and it seems as if the Ottawa Senators, you know, going into the season, new owner, hey, look, there's Daniel Alfredson on the ice, there's some momentum here. Um, maybe it all sort of started to come crashing down in that loss last Saturday afternoon against the Detroit Red Wings. But going through this week, whether it's the losses piling up, whether it's the Shane Pinto situation, um, what's happening with Ottawa right now? Like, again, I don't want to present this. You talk about panic. I don't want to present this like the sky is falling, the sky is falling. But how do you feel about what's happening in Ottawa right now? Well, I, I think there's a lot swirling around the team. Like, you know, like I, I, you can't get too upset with that game last night. Obviously, you're disappointed by the one against Detroit, and you're disappointed by the one against yeah. Buffalo because those are going to be their rivals, right? Like, if, if you do believe the Atlantic Division is going to turn over a bit and you're going to see the rise of Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit, those are going to be the teams that, that Ottawa is competing against for years to come. And so you don't like to see the way those two teams went, even though they made you know a late rally attempt against the Sabres. I can't be too upset about last night. As you said, they got Sorokin. They just got beat. You know, one of the things I have yep. been concerned about is the goaltending. Um, you know, someone was saying to me that if you take a look at some of Ottawa's underlying numbers, like, you know, I wrote in my notes this week about Edmonton, about slot shots against and rebound chances against... Like, Edmonton's not very yep. good in them. Ottawa is. Um, Ottawa's underlying numbers, this person told me, were very good. So they're just not getting saves is one of the problems. So that's an issue. I, I think the thing, though, is, you know, the, the whole thing with Pinto is I, I don't know. I thought, like I, like, I was really curious to see how Ottawa would play last night because, you know, that got dropped on them during the day. 
And I think the players knew about it, but I, I don't think they really knew until recently. So you, you kind of wonder what, you know, how that's going to affect the team. And there's just a lot of noise around the team. Like one thing I've been doing today is there's, you know, there's rumors now about are they making a GM change? There's rumors now about yeah. are they going to pay a penalty for uh, the, the Donov trade that, was the, that they played a part in that got kind of thrown in different directions. There, like it, it, like there's, there's, it's difficult to, to figure out fact from fiction. There's a lot of rumors, and parts of it might be true, but other parts might not be. So I think they've got, there's a lot of stuff flying around that team right now. And the one thing I liked about their game last night was they blocked out the noise and they played hard and they got goalied. You know, if, if they're going to play like yeah. that, I think they're going to be okay. But if they play the way they played in some of those early games and don't get saves, I don't think they're going to be okay. Uh, Ottawa Senators take on the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, Mike Luck, Sam Cosentino, Carolyn Cameron handling that one. Pittsburgh, by mm. the way, uh, out of nowhere with their best game oh, of the yeah. season, just handing it to the Colorado Avalanche yesterday. And, you know, Tristan Jari, the star of the show with the shutout. Um, that is... I'm guessing if I'm Kyle Dubas and I'm watching the game, I'm saying that's the team I envisioned when I made all of these moves in the off season. Yeah, you know that was as we talked about on the pod last night was a bit of a weird night. Like Philadelphia kicked the crap out of Minnesota. Um, you know, you talked about that that Oiler game. Um, you know, and, and that one too, where uh, like, and the thing is too about that one is. As close as McKinnon and Crosby are, you know they really like to beat each other. So that result would really drive McKinnon crazy. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a it was a big surprise to me when I when I saw that score when I was working and I, I looked up and I saw that score and I watched it a bit. I was like, holy smokes! Yeah. And and that was not like a fluke for nothing. Like I, you know, like that was that was the, the one thing with Pittsburgh is, you know. They're, they seem to be really up and down. They have good games. They have bad games. They're not consistent yet. And, you know, you just want to see that more often. Uh, you do. A um, couple more things here. Um, the nickname is emerging, and that is Brick. Uh, Joseph Wall, excellent last night. The Maple Leafs beat the Dallas Stars. The 31-save performance. 4-1 to one is the final. The Maple Leafs will next take on the Nashville Predators on Hockey Night in Canada tomorrow. You have a thought on where Toronto is at right now? Just grooving, you know, as Detroit starts to maybe take a step back in the Atlantic and the Maple Leafs are looking north. And now the Boston Bruins finally lost a game, albeit uh, in overtime, so they don't have a regulation loss yet. Uh, Maple Leafs are looking north while maybe Detroit and Boston are looking south. You have a thought on Joe Wall and the Maple Leafs right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've heard me say it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the number one at the end of the regular season. Now, Samsonov's going to get the game uh, tomorrow night. So, you know, he, he, I think it's smart. You don't have to run crazy with him. Um, he's, yep. you know, one of the reasons, you know, when the Leafs were negotiating with Samsonov, they were very careful about giving him term. I, I don't think they went past three years. And one of the reasons, I think, is they believe in, in Wall and what he can do. And so, you know, he's making his case right now. It's a long season. There's still time to go. Um, but, you know, I, I like the way Toronto played 
you know, last night. Um, you know, I'll tell you something too. You know, people always wonder how do players handle contracts. Nylander, man, I think he has the attitude that everybody needs, <laughs> uh, and that is, I don't have a care in the world, and you know, I'm just going to play because he's making at least one viral play a night. And, um, you know, the yeah. one last night where he set up the goal by winning the four-check battle or the puck battle, like that's the kind of play that everyone's always looked at and said, he can't do that. And it was tough mm-hmm. not to watch that and say, and, and say, and not say, you know what? He can. And if, if he starts doing that a lot more, you know, he's, he's going to get every penny he wants. Well, what's the one thing that we we both noticed right away when we uh, when we interviewed him in Stockholm at the European Players Tour? He's bigger, like he's thicker, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's added muscle. <laughs> that thicker to his that frame, kind of like right away, really went over well. Yeah, when I called him thicker, yeah. <laughs> but he does, like he looks. He just looks, and he's playing a, a lot stronger than we've seen before. Um, you mentioned the Rangers a couple of seconds ago uh, in that game last night against the, uh, the, uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers, and they'll next face off against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, yeah. I know we have time for both here. Give me your thoughts. I'm going to talk about Vancouver here in a second. What are your thoughts right now on the New York Rangers? I mean, they've just gone through Alberta. Uh, still heading west into into BC now. Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, we, we knew that uh, you know new coach comes in. Peter Laviolette. One of the things that he needs to get done right away uh, is see what they have under the hood with the uh, the first overall draft pick. Um, and so far, the results have been really good. And is it as simple as well? They just moved him from one side to the other. They moved him up in the lineup. They put him on the power play. Whatever it is, and it's probably a combination of all of it, it's working. Um, but do you have a thought just in general on what you're seeing from the New York Rangers right now, tops in the Metropolitan? Well, you know, one of the things about Lafreniere is this week when I was looking into Leo Carlson and what Anaheim's doing there, I found some old articles with I found some old articles with, um, I, I some old articles with uh, Stephen Stamkos when he got benched by Rick Tockett in, uh, yeah. in uh, Tampa. And Tockett Leave years later, Stamkos credited Tockett for it, saying he now understood why he did it. But the other thing that Tockett did was he put Stamkos with Marty St. Louis. Because scores, like like players like Stamkos and Lafreniere, and Stamkos has done a lot more in his career than Lafreniere has so far, um, you know, they're not going to be successful unless you put them in a position to score. And, you know, I know there's a big debate about this, about whether or not it's the right thing or whether or not it's going to work and it's off to a great start. But the one thing I would say is that I think he's got more chance of being successful, even if he's playing the off wing, than in a situation like that, than maybe he was before. And the thing about Lafreniere is he's still got to do the other things you need to do to win. But to me, there's a better chance of him being motivated to do that if he's in the position he's in now. You know, as for the Rangers, you know, I I talked briefly to Peter Laviolette last night, and he made a – the thing he really talked about was, um, you know, like they're going through some teams right now that are in really tough spots, and you have to – you have to play well against those teams. You you, And um, actually, there's more me saying that than him saying that. Um, You know, he just talked about you're, you're in a bunch of situations now where you're playing teams like Calgary struggling, Edmonton struggling, and, 
you know, I said, but you have to get those points. And he just kind of looked at me and didn't say anything. But, you know, that's kind of, you know, in, in your season, you improve your position by taking advantage of teams that aren't doing very well when they come across you on your schedule. And the Rangers, to his credit, or their credit, are doing that. The other thing I asked him, Jeff, was you remember when he went to the Stanley Cup final with Nashville in 2017, like you remember that defense they had. They had Yossi, they had oh. uh, a healthy Ellis, they had Ekholm, they had Subban as their top four. Yeah. And he did say he does see, like, you look at those top, uh, you look at those top Ranger guys, Fox, Miller, uh, Truba, you know, Schneider scored Lindgren. a goal last night. Yeah. Um, Lindgren. Like, I don't know if it's quite the same, but it's, it's pretty talented. And, you know, he wouldn't say, he wouldn't go right out and say it, but he kind of laughed and said, it's not a bad thing to have. Well, you've got a Norris Trophy winner in Adam Fox, and you have the emerging yeah. star in Keandre Miller, and you have Jacob Truba, where every time yeah. he's on the ice, you got to keep your head up, and Ryan Lindgren plays a real tough game as well. Like I, There's a whole lot to like about the Rangers, and I think that they're out to prove this year that uh, last year was an anomaly, and the team that we saw two years ago, or two seasons ago, rather, is the real New York Rangers. So we'll look forward to the Rangers facing off against the Vancouver Canucks on Hockey Night in Canada tomorrow. As we mentioned, the Ottawa Senators, Pittsburgh Penguins, the Maple Leafs face off against the Nashville Predators, Winnipeg and Montreal uh, as well. So the three of them are 7 o'clock starts, 10 o'clock Eastern for the Rangers and the Vancouver Canucks. And then all eyes on, how did you describe Commonwealth? The Cauldron of Anger? The Cauldron of Anger, yes. The Cauldron of Anger, Sunday for the Heritage Classic, and Elliot will be ringside to document all of the lava <laughs> overflowing in this volcano. Um, okay, we'll uh, we'll talk to you after the weekend, pal. You be good. All right, bye. Speak to you later. All right, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Um, so we mentioned the Vancouver Canucks facing off against the Rangers. Thomas Strantz stops by at a couple of moments from Sportsnet 650 and The Athletic. Uh, we will talk about that matchup and what the latest is uh, with the Vancouver Canucks and the latest with Vasily Podkolzin as well. We talk about Branstrom being stretchered out last night, two nights ago in an Abbotsford, Colorado game. Uh, he got hit uh, as well um, and had to be stretchered off and then... Thankfully, on his social media, on Instagram, tweeted, hey, or uh, put out, hey, uh, I'm okay, no problem. So good news there. But we'll talk about everything Vancouver Canuck coming up with Drancer in a couple of moments. Kelly Rudy kicks off hour two. Charlie O'Connor gets us on the Philadelphia Flyers page. And as much as they're winning, that's not how you rebuild, by the way. That's not how you get Macklin Celebrini. That's not how you get Cole Iserman. Um, But as much as they're winning right now, there's a storm cloud brewing right now and this controversy brewing right now because now Morgan Frost has sat out five games in a row. How close, or has he already? How close is Morgan Frost to asking for a trade? We wonder. With that, we'll uh, take our first pause of the show. Uh, Thomas Drantz on the other side, getting into the Vancouver Canucks in a couple of moments. Uh, Merrick Show continues across the Sportsnet Radio Network, simulcast on Sportsnet 360. We're back in a moment.